so ready to take it <laughs> i think that we should i think we should definitely let everybody know that we had a practice run yes i was gonna <laughs> so say so that just... when when we start talking about things in the past they understand <laughs> so we've just been an entire to- hour talking and it was not recording <laughs> so we're um we're all a little cranky at the moment because we're gonna do it again but it's okay it was a great conversation we're just sad that um a lot of really great stuff didn't get captured so um but welcome to the i want you to want me podcast we are here today with one of my former uh yoni kibat sisters manpreet and um She's 25, and when I did Yoni Kibat, which is the um, South Asian version of the vagina monologues, back in 2013, she was our baby in the group, and so we were all like big sisters to her, and we've all have watched her kind of grow up over the years, and um, and she's here to talk to us about what dating has been like for her, and... Um, and what her opinions are right now on being a single lady. And so I, one of the cool things that, um, you know, is about our relationship is you've known me for the entirety of my early 20s. You've seen me across the spectrum with mm. dating. Um, the entirety of 2013, I didn't date anyone. It was an intentional year of celibacy. And then in 2015, I went overboard and went on more than 50 dates um, through various online apps. So, and you know, there's been a lot of stuff in between there. So I've been all across the board in my singledom yes. um, over the past four years. Yeah. So now that you've had some practice, <laughs> I've, like in every episode, I'll ask you to describe yourself to the listeners. So what you look like, uh, how we already know how old you are, um, what type of people you like to date, and your personality type. What what are some distinguishing characteristics about yourself? So, I am 25 years old. I am straight. I am very uh, typically attractive, and I'm very aware of that fact. Um, and a big part of being aware of that fact is, you know, how attractive I look on any given day depends a large part on how much effort I'm willing to put in. Um, I'm pretty, you know, typically thin. Uh, I run a lot. I ran two half marathons last year. And um, usually I'm one of the best dressed people in the room, which again, I have to (laughs) look around at just because I'm in my pajamas today. I mean, you got to throw shade. I'm just one <laughs> step higher. I'm in a sweater dress and some leggings. But, you know, just have to stay one step ahead of everyone in the room. Um, and, you know, typically I'm one of those people. You're lucky I didn't get dressed today. Because <laughs> I would have been the best dress, let me tell you. So let me tell you. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm one of those people. Uh, that you know how some people when they don't do their laundry for two weeks their clothes get shabbier and shabbier I do the opposite I start wearing cocktail dresses and my heels and I get fancier and fancier and there's been more than a few times when um, especially on the dating scene here in Seattle I've showed up and I think people are a little bit weirded out at how well I'm dressed because I dress a lot better than the average Pacific Northwest. That's probably true. North face. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that for a minute because I've shown up trying to be a little bit nicer and it's 
kind of awkward. And then I show up the way that I am right now in yoga pants and basically a hoodie and beanie and it's not as awkward. (laughs) People in Seattle do not uh, put a lot of effort into dressing, right? Like I've had a lot of times where I realize um, my wardrobe would fit in in L.A., it does not fit in in Seattle. You know, and I've lived here my entire life and I never realized that that was a thing until I started traveling. And I was like, oh, wow, we really like are comfortable here in Seattle. Yes. And I, I mean, I think it's or it's reflected in like the retailers and like where we buy our clothes around here. Totally. Yeah, because we need to be practical. I'm not going to buy a $200 jacket that keeps the rain out and not wear it. <laughs> And I also want to wear something that I can wear outside and not get cold. Come on. I'm trying to save money. I so should also point out that I have a car and I don't live in the city of Seattle. I live in Kent, Washington. Uh, So I don't I mean, if I had to live in a city and I had to walk long distances, I probably wouldn't wear heels every day. Like when I if I the brief period of time in my life where I had to take the bus, I wasn't in heels every day. But every like me having a car means I'm in heels every day and I have a pair of flats in the trunk of my car. That's reasonable. It's it's probably a factor. Yeah. You weren't one of the ladies that walked around with her um, running shoes on with her leggings and skirt. I don't see him as much anymore. But back in the day, I used to see a lot of moms that had their dress attire and then they would change into their sneakers and run for the bus. And it always looked so funny because they'd have their nylons. Yeah. (laughs) And they're like nice. Like like they looked like they were, (laughs) you know, they worked at a high rise and then they'd run with their like super cheap, um, yeah (laughs) sneakers that they got at like ross no i mean we also have to factor in that uh the world of workout clothes has um exploded like now it's uh you know like lululemon clothes are so expensive it's ridiculous yeah but like you can show up to a date now in workout clothes uh, whereas that's I, what I'm saying they're super expensive yeah but, but they're like nice expensive yeah like I have some uh running pants that are like a little bit see-through you know they have that like uh stripe mm-hmm. up the side and so like you know I could show up to a date on that revealing it's a little bit some, like you know you're ooh, like look I can there? jog and I'm sexy this is uh this is as risque <laughs> as you get in Seattle <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well, so. it's it's nice that there isn't a huge obligation to be fancy as fuck in Seattle. So, I appreciate it. <laughs> I uh, wish that my dates would put in a little bit more effort. A little Usually. bit more effort on guys. Yeah, because uh, here's the thing. So I, um, I mean, I have two younger brothers um, and also a cousin who's younger than me. And um, they're all super vain and they're all very attractive, right? Like not uh, like, you know, they all go to the gym and they're typical 21 year old ma- uh, men and they, uh, you know, okay, I shouldn't say they're very vain in case they ever listen to this. So let's edit that part out. Um, but you know, they, they put a lot of effort into their appearance. And so then when I like see people that are really dressed down, I am definitely a little bit judgy about it because I'm like, okay, at least put in some effort. Um, and the hard thing is sometimes, you know, people might be putting in effort 
for Seattle, right? But they're still like really comfortable. And mm-hmm. so it doesn't look like they're putting in effort. Yeah. Comfort definitely takes priority in my world. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to be comfortable because why should I care? <laughs> I think also I don't have a profession where I like this is what I wear to work because I don't, you know, I'm going to get dirty and sweaty and disgusting. So I'm not going to wear something nice and I'm not going to buy those clothes. <laughs> well, so this was a part of the turning point in my dating life. Um, so at the end of 2014, I uh, changed jobs I became um, a front desk uh, office uh, person, right? And so part of that meant, you know, my wardrobe went up quite a bit just because you have to look a little bit nice. Um, And I started wearing makeup, right? Because it's really, uh, it makes a difference when you're working with people all day. Like wearing lipstick sort of has this thing where it reminds you to smile. Um, And, you know, wearing eyeliner reminds you to uh, like I wear contacts and so wearing eyeliner literally reminded me to stop touching my eyes mm-hmm. uh, versus when I wear, wore glasses um, I used to just like rub my eyes and uh, so it I, like wearing makeup actually had an impact on like how I presented myself to the world and you know I didn't want to spend $40 foundation for the same five people at work every day um, so that was part of the motivation to start dating uh, in 2015 it's like okay if I'm gonna look this nice every day like I better get some usage out of this <laughs> and so you know I um at the beginning of 2015 I downloaded 16 different dating apps and dived all in Jesus <laughs> okay so we talked about this before in our pre-interview interview um <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> what what was your experience with being on that many apps? And what were you on? Because, my God, I didn't know there was even that many. So there is a world of apps out there, right? So just to name a few, OkCupid, okay, uh, Coffee Meets Bagel, Bumble, um, Tinder, obviously, Dilmil, which is a South Asian equivalent of Tinder. Um, it's D-I-L-M-I-L, and it means, like, hearts meet. Um, and it's pretty much, like, for brown people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I couldn't be on there. So you'd be, so, there are some white guys on there. And here's the thing. When, God. There, when you're <laughs> I wonder s- if there's white girls though. Possibly. But here's the thing is like, it makes you um, choose like your ethnicity within South Asian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like, there's some very like obviously white looking guys on there that have like random ethnicities chosen just because like it made them pick something. And there's this part of me that was always wanted to just message and be like, do you even know what that means? <laughs> um, but other than that, it was interesting. Cause like within a, you know, you realize within a couple weeks of doing that, that it's all the same people that everyone always says it's a numbers game. And you really quickly realize like how limited those numbers actually are. Because yeah. I remember swiping uh, left on someone on Tinder only to have that person show up on my Bill Mill profile like the same day. I was like, okay, then. Do you ever have repeats? Because I, I get yeah. that. Yeah, no, you definitely yeah. have repeats. And um, I'm always curious about like how the repeats are factored in. I have, I keep having one guy that's a repeat that I work with and I won't date somebody that's in the same industry as me. Yeah. Also, he's kind of a mess so <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's beside the fact but 
Uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Maybe they know that I'm a mess. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a filter option? Yeah, I'm, I'm a, a hot mess. mess. <laughs> I don't have my shit together. <laughs> Go. <laughs> yeah. No, I've always um, been curious about that. But one of the things I did notice early on was uh, if someone, um, you know, if you exit out of it and if someone's face keeps popping up, they've swiped on you right and you like tinder is trying to get you to swipe on like one way or the other on them Ah, Um, right so that's always interesting so the thing is i'm not really on tinder anymore i'm not really on dating apps anymore but every now and then i'll re-download them um and pretty much every time i re-download um like usually i re-download tinder when i'm traveling or something uh just you know, for fun, because mm. it's always it's always interesting to see what the markets look like right. in different cities. And so, whenever I get back to my neighborhood, it's like the same like ten faces will pop up first. Yeah. So I think that's part of that factors in. Do you do better in different areas? What do you mean? Well, for instance, for me, I I do not do well here. Guys don't like me here. They're not interested. Don't want to start a conversation. But when I have traveled like to the south and mm-hmm. to um, more rugged places because I'm a more rugged girl. Yeah. Um, I have much better luck with getting guys to start conversations. So I'm just curious if you've ever run into that. Um, I've run into, I think, I think I just have realized that like markets are really uh, different in different places. So my most recent experience was when I, um, traveled to Boston, uh, couple months ago and I was visiting friends and you know there was this point where both of the two people that I was visiting were at work so I was just like sitting around in the just um I'll start over so there's um so I you know markets are different uh I had this moment um a couple months ago where I went to Boston and uh, I was visiting two different friends they were both at work during the day so you know I was just like started swiping on tinder um and it was really weird. Like, it was actually the weirdest t- and most uncomfortable experience I've had in Boston because I swiped and, like, I immediately, within, like, half an hour, matched with, like, 14 people. Uh, and half of them tried to get me into bed. <laughs> like, four of them actually uh, tried to get me into bed, saying something along the lines of, like, oh, it's so cold, come cuddle. Um and it was just you're like motherfucker turn up the heat okay like at least have a line before you say that you'll put right? some socks on yeah but uh, that was really weird to me because <laughs> everyone talks about tinder being like a hookup app and i've actually you know like i i always meet up with people and like you know there's a there's a screening process you don't just immediately get into bed with people um and so that was really jarring for me because i was like thankfully i don't think it's ever been that bad here in seattle but in the greater Seattle area, I've definitely noticed um, there's some trends about, you know, where. Uh, so I live in South King County. I don't live in the city of Seattle. Um, and sometimes I've dated, I've broken up my demographics in the greater Seattle area into three different categories. Uh, one is like the kind of guys that, you know, are in the city of Seattle and won't ever really leave the city, um, which can be a problem when you don't live in the city of Seattle. And I don't always want to be the one coming up to meet them there's um the people that live on the east side who tend to you know um they work on the east side and it's a different demographic and um then my third demographic was broken up into uh the kind of guys that live you know south of south king county so like the tacoma or uh, jblm which is the military base has a lot of 
hot young men. Just in case for any of the readers listening. <laughs> <laughs> readers? The re- or, sorry, readers listener. listening. So for any of the listeners, you know, if you ever just want to, like, go watch some hot young men work out. <laughs> military boys are always good, right? Because that's the military is down south. Well, there's a few things about that. They have to, you know, they have to get up early, which I'm a huge fan of because I wake up at 5 a.m. Right. We were talking about that. Yeah. So yeah, they too early. They wake up early. They um, are really good at taking orders, which I'm they're also... They're trainable. Ah. You can mold them. That's yeah. my theory. Mm. They're, they're very good Except at taking orders. not really. Orders. I had a very failed military relationship, but that's me. Anyways, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I've never had a military relationship, but I, they're, very, they're very good at taking orders, which can be really fun for short flings. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of dumb as boxes of rocks, though. Yes. No, <laughs> Which okay. is why they're good at taking We orders. shouldn't say that about all of them, but... And, like, there's, there's we support our troops. We support our troops. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you were saying that you like to go... On breakfast days with those guys, or uh, with guys that get up early, so, which is so interesting to me. Yeah, that was the thing. So uh, breakfast dates are my favorite because I'm a ridiculously early bird, and so um, I've actually never turned down a breakfast date. Right? Anyone who's agreed to go on a breakfast date with me gets an automatic yes. Do they? D- do you bring this up, or do they bring this up? Is this just a you thing? Because, like I said I've, before, I've never heard of anybody trying to go on a breakfast date. It is a. Um, I think it's a me thing, with the exception of uh, one time. Um, uh, so I, I, this started being a thing because like I had a, you know, I used to have a really busy schedule. I still have a busy schedule, but like I used to, uh, last year I worked like an average of 55 to 60 hours a week. Um, and so that, and I don't take lunch breaks. So typically if you're meeting up with me, that means late in the evening or early in the morning. Um, and for one person it was, uh, his schedule like was really weird in that it, he was not available during the evening times. And so he suggested meeting up in the morning. But other than that, it's always been me um, initiating breakfast dates because, you know, it's it's a good um, – It's y- you mentioned this earlier, but, like, it uh, takes care of some of the normal awkwardness that you might have with a dinner date of, like, oh, am I going to, like, come over to your place afterwards or what am or I going to do? accidentally drink too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we, especially if it's on a weekday, you know that you're both going to work afterwards. Right. So, like, you kind of already know, like, you know, what the time is going to be. And it just, like, makes things a little bit easier. Where do you actually sit down or do you go to, like, Starbucks and have a have a meeting? What do you what do you I do? I usually do sit down breakfasts if I can. Um, so you would budget in, like, an hour or? Yeah, I budget in about, like, half an hour to, like, um, you know, depending on the place. Uh, like, one time was that breakfast bitch and... Um, that was great, but that, like the food was great. Right. And here's the thing. It's like breakfast food is always good. Yes. I love breakfast food. It's my favorite. Exactly. So you like, no matter how the date goes, you know, you're going to be happy at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I feel like Ron Swanson, but yeah, you have to have breakfast food. Like (laughs) (laughs) you don't need breakfast food. You're a communist. No, I The other (laughs) upside to it is, you know, it's early enough in the day that um, nobody's managed to piss you off yet. I've had a couple of dates where I think I would have been 
more interested in the person like if more I, receptive to them yeah, yeah if i hadn't just like worked a 10 hour day and been dealing with people um like th- that is a thing right it's like i've been dealing with people for 10 hours and now i have to like listen to you talk uh, can sometimes yeah th- like that's been a, that's yeah. happened a couple of times i think mm-hmm. so i could see it just being really awesome too because you start your day on a high if you like the person yeah have you had a bad breakfast date where you were just like, no, please go away? No, I think I've, I've had a, like, I've had a, uh, I mean, I think I've had breakfast dates with, like, um, aside from people that I've seen regularly, I've had breakfast, like, breakfast as a first date, like, four or five times, I think, total. And I think um, the worst one was just, like, me knowing kind of right away that, like, oh, this is not a thing. Uh, but then, you know, like trying to just still give that person some time. So like I stuck it out for about half an hour. Um, but it wasn't like awful. It was more just like, oh, um, I don't think this is this isn't going to be a thing. Uh, yeah. And it's it's interesting, right? Because sometimes um, that in itself is interesting. Sometimes you know that right away. And sometimes you go on three dates before you actually decide which way you're leaning on a person. So I really like this. I really want to try it. Especially because I have a really crazy schedule sometimes, too, and I get up at 3 o'clock in the morning to go to work. Yeah. Um, and I can sleep in late and get up early, and that's very, yeah, it's really interesting. And and you have a time. Like, you got to leave at a certain time. Yes. Right? Yeah. Because you, you have to get to work, right? Right. So, yeah, I'm into this. I want to try it. so you said earlier that you downloaded like 16 different dating apps and one of them was what was it called coffee and a bagel oh coffee meets bagel coffee meets bagel did you meet anybody off of that app i didn't here's the thing is so many of those people were like repeat profiles oh okay they were people that i had already um seen and also i just wasn't a huge uh fan of it right so the idea of coffee meets bagel um for any listeners is uh it only gives you one match per day and so yeah coffee meets bagel is supposed to you know it encourages dialogue in that way of you know if you're if you only get one match you're less likely to swipe left Mm. um but i also just like didn't ever really like any of my matches there's only like three people i think i ever even messaged on there um and it was just not for me um, I think I, I really did like Tinder ultimately was my favorite, right? Um, one, it's really fun to just stare and swipe. It feels like really low stakes mm-hmm. and you can keep doing it for as long as you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and also um, Tinder for me, the different thing about it was it lets you unmatch anyone who's being creepy, mm-hmm. right? Uh, OkCupid doesn't always let you do that because people you know, I've, I've, I think I've seen people that create different profiles just to like message you back. Oh, creepy. Oh my God. And talk about your Yelp, the Yelp person. Yes. (laughs) So (laughs) we were discussing creepy situations earlier and I'm sure Brianna is going to have a story for us in a minute. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) If she she wants to get back into it. (laughs) But, um, so like, For the most part, I haven't had super creepy instances, but there have been a few instances where people just keep messaging and don't really get the hint. Um, I've had people message me on every possible social media platform on LinkedIn, on Yelp. And the one on Yelp was interesting because it was someone that I had blocked, I think, on OkCupid or one of those sites. Um, And then they found my Yelp page and messaged me from there. 
And the only way they could have done that was they had to have saved my photos before I ever messaged, or, you know, before I blocked them and did a reverse image search because the only thing that was similar in those things was one of the photos I was using. Like even my name. Creepy. Um, I don't use my full name when dating. I go by Preet when I'm dating because I don't want someone looking up my full name. <laughs> <laughs> That's so creepy. Yeah. Uh, like guilt i don't know that just is like next leveling it to find somebody on that is yelp. yeah that is fucking harassment it's fucking creepy it's well so weird. the thing about it was right what like, did he message you what did he say i don't even remember it's been it, this was back in 2015 but i just remember him being like i it was just i think trying to reach out and get me to talk because this, uh, I think I'd said I didn't want to like meet up in person and then blocked, but like they might, they, I think they thought I had just uh, deleted my profile or something. And mm -hmm. so they were just trying to like get me to meet up. Mm -hmm. By being a fucking creepy By stalker. Being a creeper. Yeah. <laughs> and look, just to be clear, have, had you ever physically met this person? No. Okay. So it's just creepy online dating stop doing that <laughs> <laughs> and on that note Brianna unnecessary has a story. oh you you really want me to tell this story i do i want this to be um so i want we were talking about breadcrumbing <laughs> mm -hmm. um oh, yes. yeah tell so explain breadcrumbing breadcrumbing is this term that i recently read where uh, every few months someone will reach out um and you know just drop like a, a breadcrumb right they'll hit, send you a text message or they'll send you one message and it never goes anywhere is it like sup yeah 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 it's just like you know it's it's a message it's a here pick or this a up. hey and you, th you start following it and it never goes anywhere bastards people are assholes <laughs> <laughs> so so my one experience with this is a guy that i only slept with once and we had a very furious sexting relationship it was just like every day really intense but um yeah, we just never met up. And I know, like, he was playing with me the whole time, but it was fun to play along. Yeah. Um, but it has been almost a decade. <laughs> and he still pops up from time to time, like, on my Facebook or on... Breadcrumbing. <clears throat> yeah, like, on, uh, <laughs> on my old email address, which I... I don't even know how he has that email mm -hmm. address. I'm maybe it was the day of Blackberry, so maybe we were emailing photos. Who like? Pff, I don't even know how he has. No that one remembers how Blackberries work. But yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's just like super weird because um, he has he has sent me photos, texted me photos of him fucking another girl in the ass. Ooh. Like that's what. Like, that's sexy. Like, that was supposed yeah. to lure you into his yeah. magic? Yeah, and he wasn't even living in the state at the time, so... What? Why are you fucking with me? It's fucking weird. Um, and it's, like... It's just definitely, like, a power struggle. Like, he is trying to... It's a bizarre tactic. Yeah, it's like it's he's trying to make me feel, like, less than. And once he gets me to bite, then he'll, like... You know, and this is, you know, very, I learned this a long, long time ago, but he still does it. Like, he still pops up every few months. Mm -hmm. And like I said, he emailed me a few, like, a month or two ago, and it was just titled Pink. And I was like, oh, my God, what is this? And I didn't open it. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, he told, like, that's what he used to label his dick pics. 
he would label and them pink and send them to me. And it's just, it's weird. It's so well, weird. And we had mentioned, right, like, it's, uh, he ha- was doing this probably to multiple women. Yes, um, I know that he was doing it yeah. to multiple women because I've, I've been out at bars with a group of people and had... You know, a girl next to me be like, oh, I'm dating this person. And then uh, be like, oh, no, I tried to break up with him. And he keeps sending me dick pics. Like, this is psychopathic type because he does it to a lot of women. It's not just me. And here's the shitty part about online dating. It's like that one creepy person is probably creeping out like 30 different women. Right. So we're like, there's 30 of us getting our creepy stories from like these one awful instances that keep happening. Right. And. It's just sucks. I wonder like, I wonder if that person believes that, that somehow eventually it will become alluring to at least one woman receiving. Well, I think that he gets off on it. I think that he, um, makes you want him and then says no. Oh. Yeah. Cause he'll, cause what he used to do with me, it was, he would be like, okay, let's meet here. Yeah. And then he would stand me up and never show up. What a dick. Yeah. So he, That's he would, awful. yeah, he would do that to me. Yeah. Um, and I was too dumb to know that mm-hmm. was, you know, yeah. what was happening at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, so yeah, he definitely gets off on being wanted. Yeah. And then not giving it. <laughs> and to multiple women at the same time, it's, it's fucking stupid. Really weird. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a question. Because um, I've actually like never been stood up. Uh-huh. And I was wondering, I don't actually know how common it is to get stood up. Because typically... He's the only person that's ever stood me up. Okay. Yeah. I've Well, I haven't dated in eight years, so I haven't been stood up just by okay. default. That's fair. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I don't know how common it is. I mean, I was going to reference, I mean, when you were saying earlier about swiping on Tinder, I feel like how does that play into how you end up ultimately treating somebody? Because I feel like with all these apps now, people are dwindled down to a paragraph and a couple of pictures and... Um, it's become very impersonal and ingenuine. And so it's easy to be very dismissive of people. I think the threshold um, has become a lot higher for like, uh, how you know what the criterion someone has to meet um, for me to actually want to meet up with them. Mm-hmm. Right. Partly because, you know, I had, I have an insanely busy work schedule. I have my own life and I'm very, um, you know, I have my own stuff going on. Uh, and so I'm, because I have so many options someone actually has to like spark a real interest for me to meet up. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You know, there's been a few exceptions to that where, you know, you have every now and then those moments where I'm just like, I'm so alone. (laughs) I need someone right now. Someone touch me. Not even Isn't someone touched me. sad that I don't even get that anymore? It's not, even the, it's not even someone touched me. It's literally just like someone pay attention to me and call me pretty. Oh, yeah. yeah. Companionship. I get that. Yeah. yeah. So every now and then, you know, you have those moments. But aside from that, if I'm going to like put in the effort to meet up with you in person. Yeah. Like you better be better than these 10 other guys that yeah. are messaging you me. You put on $40 foundation. Yeah. Like you have would, your shit together. You $40. $40. $40. Four five. I've had a lot of whiskey. <laughs> In like the last couple hours, that pre-interview didn't help. That pre-interview, <laughs> we pre-gamed this. We did. We pre-gamed. <laughs> um, that's I think also been one of the fluctuations in my dating life. 
the reason like my dating life has calmed down within the last year mm-hmm. is um, I went, I've been sober now for more than six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I don't intend to ever drink again. And uh, what's the reason behind that? Oh, okay. She doesn't want to get into she it. Doesn't she doesn't want Anyways, moving on. Um, yeah, that's a that's a separate thing. Anyway, but th- so I I'm not I don't plan to drink anymore. And um, one, th- I think there's a pu- there's some folks that are really weirded out by that because mm-hmm. you know there's a there is a segment of society that only ever wants to meet up for drinks because they only ever want to get laid afterward, um, or you know they think that meeting up for drinks is going to help their chances. Mm-hmm. And even aside from that. Um, I'm a lot judgier. Like sober me is a lot judgier. Mm-hmm. I used to like be able to just like have three glasses of wine and just be swiping. But now I'm like sober and the swiping isn't nearly as fun. Yeah. So that's been um, the online dating world has lost part of its charm for that reason. Um, I, part of it is also just I used to get a lot more responses. Um, and I was reading about this, you know, uh I think it's it's become normalized. When Tinder first came out, it was really exciting. It was a game, right? You were swiping right and left. Um, and now I every time I log back on, it's just, oh, the pool is exactly the same. It's the, the same group of people. It's the, the dating pool is the same. Um, and I think everyone has just gotten a little bit burnt out mm-hmm. uh, on those interactions because you, you know how it's going to play out. It's going to play out the same way that it did three other times. You Right. Mm-hmm. went on a date like that right it does get really old um not knowing what you're walking into because there's it's surprising i've I, it's like i've had the opposite reactions where i'll have a really great conversation and interaction with the person on the app or via texting and i show up and it is a nightmare what i run <laughs> into and then i've had the most vague conversations and have shown up and it's been great um so it's just weird how, you know, you don't know how a person is uh, in real life, right? Because they have this screen to hide behind. Yeah. And that's why we're yeah. doing, you know, this podcast right. too, is to try to help bring um, some humanity back, <laughs> <Yeah>. to <laughs> <laughs> back to the concept of dating. Because yeah. it is, it's like, it's very minimizing to just be like, okay, here's a couple of pictures of myself that I feel like I look decent in. And then here's the description of me. Please like me. I want you to want me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, one of the things I, um, I'm, you know, I try to be as upfront as I can in inter- my interviews. And we talked about this of, uh, or sorry, in my dates, right? I try to be as upfront on the first date as I can be. And I think that's just, that's part of who I am as a person. You lay out like your 10 year plan with them. I do not lay out my 10 year plan. <laughs> no, it's a five year plan. I definitely lay out the, um, my rules and expectations, even if I don't call it that, right? Um, that's important to me because I think we, I, I've been on a, I've been on a few dates where I feel like I, went on a second or third date with the person only because like I had no idea what was really going on um like I didn't know what they wanted and uh they didn't really like ever ask me what I wanted um and so that became important to me to communicate that you know early on in the first date like what are you looking for because you can meet someone sometimes and you know right away like oh I really like you as a person we're gonna get along Mm -hmm. you are also never ever going to be my boyfriend you are not the kind of person I am ever going to introduce to my mother um 
Do you say it that bluntly to them? I try not to. (laughs) (laughs) I try to use more coded language than that. I I try not to say that. But, you know, I'll usually have, like, a reason of, like, I'm really not looking for a boyfriend. It's kind of code for, like, you're not going to be my boyfriend. Um, But, you know, I do try to say whatever the intention is on the first date. And I think that's really weird because people are not, I don't, I don't think it's weird, but I feel like the reactions I get are taken back. People are very surprised by that. Well, that's interesting too, that, that it would be surprising because going into that first interaction, you would think you would want to clarify right away, like what each person's intention was. So it's interesting that, um, that people go in with just a sort of like, okay, let's just see what happens. I think that's become very uh, popularized is we want to, you know, there's a world of literature about how millennials are commitment phobic and how, you know, there's, I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. (laughs) But right. Like there's this world of like emphasis on um, nobody wants to be seen as like the loser in this, Mm. right. In the world of casual dating, like nobody wants to be that lose that person that comes off as you know uh not cool like wants to set up terms and conditions Mm -hmm. um everyone there's this idea that we're all gonna just like take it slow and you know we're we're just gonna hang out and something's gonna either happen or it won't Um, i hate that term are we going on a fucking date or not (laughs) (laughs) i've asked people that i've asked the people that how does that turn out for you um it depends entirely on the person. I think some there are definitely some instances where people appreciate it. And I think there's been more than a couple of instances where people have been completely taken aback, right? So a few um, examples, like in my dating profile, I write that I read a lot, right? I read at least one book a week, and I have for years. Um, so I think people are expecting a bookworm or someone who's a lot quieter. And then they show up to the... Because, you know, in my uh texting and messaging i come across as articulate um but uh, you know it's just texting and then i show up in person and i talk a lot and i'm outspoken and i've definitely had a f- at least two people off the top of my head who were very thrown back and were <laughs> expecting someone who was they were looking for like a meek quiet mouse they were expecting a bookworm right and the stereotype of the bookworm is someone that you're gonna put on some glasses and put your hair up and then strip for them a little bit <laughs> and then instead- i mean she still might do that <laughs> i mean later yeah it depends on what i get out of it right? <laughs> she's been watching her camera and electra strip tees <laughs> you're too young for that you're too young for that <laughs> thank you um yeah i i I've actually never um, strip-teased for anyone. It's really uh, intimidating. It's, yeah. There's, there's well, a lot of butterflies happening. Yeah. Well, here's you don't want to look like an ass or fart in their face. Yeah. No, I... <laughs> <laughs> That is, yeah, that is the goal is to not <laughs> fart on them. There's a lot voice. of movements happening. It's like being in yoga if you're strip-teasing. And yeah, you get a... Huh. Don't drink dairy the day before. Jesus. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have just. Uh, I don't think I have the patience for it, to be honest. Like, I, the, the reason I have to say that is because, like, like, I've thought about it. Uh, and I just, like, I'm not going to. That's, like, too much effort. 
like I could just like pull off my clothes right now and you're like the reaction is going to be equally happy like the reaction better be equally happy (laughs) (laughs) that's very confident of you I've um you know uh, people get self-conscious about whether they've shaved or not or like I've known women that are like care a lot about if their eyebrows are done or Mm -hmm. not and um my typical response is if I'm getting naked you better be happy with whatever you get um (laughs) right like no I'm sorry but like you have to like if you are anything less than gracious I am walking out the door um if you take off your clothes and he's like oh can you take care of that real quick (laughs) no see the thing is like you haven't shaved in a while that's never actually happened I don't know if a guy would actually well maybe some guys would actually say that but yeah, they're not yeah. the kind of guys I would associate. I've with. actually had guys be upset that I had shaved. I've had, um, I've known a few guys that would that have said that they would get, uh, you know, that it's really gross when a woman doesn't shave her legs or anything or mm. her armpits, um, and that's been, you know, that's an unofficial deal breaker. Yeah. Um, you know, there are some things that are like hard deal breakers, like people who are addicts, etc. And there's like soft deal breakers, and that's definitely one of them. If if um, if you're gonna expect me to shave, then obviously this isn't gonna be a long term thing. Yeah. That okay. I, like, I, can I'm, we just talk about this for a second? Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm Indian. Like there's gonna be points of my life where I'm not gonna shave, and you better deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. That's just part of. Women have hair, guys. Yeah. Just deal with it, okay? Yeah. Like, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. Either way, you should just be and fine. And if it's really that important to you, you're paying for the wax. <laughs> I have actually... So this got, this is a thing that happened is um, there was someone who really, really wanted mm. me to wax. And I just refused to. Like, I refused to be in pain for being pretty, right? Um, like, that's just not worth my time or mm-hmm. energy. And... Uh, I've said that I've said that a few times and like usually people just like okay laugh it off and I had one guy say like okay fine I will like pay for me getting waxed and I'm like okay no I'm not I'm still not doing it it was like one of those like things that I then had you were calling his bluff and he called you out yeah (laughs) 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 it's also like an awkward like conversation to have because, um, like, when you're sleeping with someone, right? Because it's your body, your autonomy, but, like, this person is participating in, like, the decisions you make. I mean, you should have just said, yeah, if we do it together. Mm. You get your asshole waxed, I'll get mine waxed. I'm The thing is, I still wouldn't do it. <laughs> at, the, at that point, I don't want to be, like, calling any more bluffs. <laughs> Like, it could go downhill real fast. Yeah, she's going to go down a rabbit hole. Yeah, I really, like, I just, I don't need that. <laughs> so I've learned to just say no. Like, no, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, but that's good. You, you're you setting your boundaries for who yeah. you are and what to expect and uh, rather than trying to conform to them. And I respect you for that. I, yeah. Boundary setting, I think, is really important. Um there used to be this thing where I thought that I would have to have like, you know, a few long-term relationships in order to get good at like having relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things I realized, I think, cause you know, I'm 25 now I have friends all across the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, I have friends that have been single for years and years and years. I have people that have been in long-term relationships, um, p- friends that have been married. Um, 
and there I have had moments where I do think I'm sometimes better at communicating what I want because I haven't been in a long-term relationship right I've noticed that um, sometimes folks tend to you know once you've been with someone for years and years you expect them to just know certain things about you um, and part of like staying in the single mindset is I don't expect anyone to know anything about me so you know it's on me it's up to me what I want to tell them mm-hmm. um, and so I, I do think I've gotten really good at boundary setting <laughs> Yeah, and that's a great way to approach dating, too, is to just go in and be like, this is who I am, and this is what you can expect out of me, and here's what I would like out of you. And I feel like it's a great, like, very open, honest way to start the dating process with somebody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, guys, this is Ashika. Thanks for listening to part one with Manpreet. Uh, Please click on the next link to listen to the second part. And remember to follow us on Twitter. You can also find us on iTunes, subscribe to us on Stitcher, and uh, write to us. You can write to us at I want you to want me podcast at gmail.com. You can um, send us any of your dating advice, relationship advice. If you have questions, if you have a topic that you want us to discuss, or if you would like to come on and discuss something with us we would love to hear from you so again you can find us on twitter and uh email us i want you to want me podcast.com thank you for listening